If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. And welcome along to the show. It is Christmas week. All the preparation is underway. Hopefully the racing is back. We've just been treated to two Cheltenham Festival heroes. Well, yeah, they are both Cheltenham heroes, but one should be a dual Cheltenham hero anyway. Let's not dwell too much on that fall for Galifant to shop as we bring in Betdax Barry Cole. Welcome back to the show, Barry. Emmett, how are you? Delighted to be back on the show. All good here. How's things with you, yeah? In good form, my man. A crucial question is everything ready for Christmas? Um, there was one... I was over in... Lancerstown today and I think that's it that was it it was clicked it was collected and I think I'm done when I say I'm done I think the other half has everything done I just hand over the two quid and she does all the work <laughs> which brings us to our next guest uh, welcome back to the show Dennis O'Regan is everything set for Christmas in the O'Regan household Dennis if only I was as straightforward as Barry there I definitely don't uh, don't I'm definitely not ready I could do it 
day in Blanchestown, but I've got to wait till the racing is all uh, finished up on Wednesday and then probably Thursday or Friday, lastminute.com. So somewhere in Ireland is going to be a man running into every single shop that he can possibly find. Well, there'll probably be a few more jockeys, I'd say, upside to me, to be honest. <laughs> Rugby tackling <laughs> people left, right and centre out of the way. Yeah. The only jockeys only, it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like... Black Friday, all those worst videos you see of people beating each other on Black Friday for the for the shopping. Um, I'm grossly underprepared. Uh, nearly, nearly ready, but grossly underprepared. Um, speaking of being prepared, though, the Christmas previews are on the way. We're recording them on Thursday. So our preview for Irish racing and our preview for UK racing on Boxing Day, St. Stephen's Day, all of the gravy that you could possibly require and need. We're recording those shows on Thursday. They'll both be released that night. Uh, we got the Christmas quiz coming as well. And we'll be doing some racing for the New Year's too during the Christmas. So plenty of Final Front Podcast content coming your way. We'll begin with two Cheltenham Festival heroes and two major Cheltenham prospects for the season as Punchestown finally got to go ahead for the John Durkin Memorial card uh, and Gallop and Deschamps wins the feature race. It was a very different renewal of the race to what we were going to have. Galvin, for example, wasn't in the race. Uh, he's going to go, I believe, for the Savills. Is that the Savills on New Year's Day or the Savills at Christmas time in Leopardstown? You're just going to have to wait and see. I think it's going to be the one at Leopardstown. But he's gone a very, very short price favourite for the Gold Cup on the back of a visually impressive display, Barry, in the John Durkin. Yeah, he's as low as 7-4 to four in most places for a Gold Cup in um, December. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? Like, you see, you know, if it was if he maybe had won a Gold Cup last year and was returning in good form... But uh, sports run outside a novice company. Look, it was visually very impressive. And uh, look, he might try and knock the form. But Calipin, or ex- excuse me, Fakir that there, he's back in second place. I know he made a couple of mistakes on the way around. But he is a three-time grade one winner. And he's only a seven-year-old. So you don't expect him to be in decline. But look, it was one of these races. I'm not sure how much we learned. He was good from the second last onwards. And he seemed to stay on very well to the line. Um, I don't think the trip would be a problem as he proved sort of last year. But... Yeah, look, he done what he had to do. I think the reaction in the market is a little bit overdramatic, as we have seen so much. I don't know if it's because we're starting to race and then people are just uh, latching on to these things. But three to one into a general seven to four now. It's a bit short for me, Emmett. But again, he done what he had to do. I thought he was very good. Yeah, look, I love this horse. And um, I think that's pretty well documented now. And I do think he's the most likely winner of the Gold Cup. I don't have much of an interest in backing him at seven to four. But if you're on, or if you want to go and invest in him at that price, I'm not going to stop you. Um, and, and maybe if you post up, you'll you'll do better on BetDAC, perhaps. Uh, Dennis, what did you make of the overall performance of Gallop on Deschamps? I thought that he was going very relaxed, and it's clear to see that they've obviously worked very hard on that at home to get him as settled as that. I've never seen a horse go around in a grade one as relaxed as that. Um, you know, he was absolutely, he was nearly nearly asleep going around and uh, he quickened up, picked up nicely and like Barry said, he beat a dual grade one, you know, a three-time grade one winner all all hands down. Um, I would say they're probably a little concerned, they were a little concerned last year that he had too much pace for the Gold Cup and that his stamina might be coming into question. So I'd say they probably worked very hard on settling him and he's probably train him a bit different and probably trying to make him into a doer stare. Uh, you know, a horse that will stay the Gold Cup trip. Obviously, you need a lot of class and pace anyway for the Gold Cup, but 
Um, yeah, he's a worthy favourite, I'd say. Um, if he should be as short as that, I think there'll be a few, uh, you know, I think there'll be a few spanners in the works in the next few months. But, you know, the John Durkin is a very good indication uh, for Gold Cup horses. Willie, you know, he, he seems to like that race. And, um, yeah, I, it, it was hard not to be impressed with him today, but there was a difference in him today than there was last year. And he was different. He was different in how he travelled and how he jumped and how he operated I thought today he was a lot more settled and relaxed I couldn't believe it um, you know to see a horse float around like that in a grade one was 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 you know it was great to see Paul Townend never moved his hands on him he had a loop in the rain it was very hard to believe it you know from the horse that was there last year he was you know the horse last year was all was all speed and pace you know nice. and um, uh, he was good he was good I have to say he was good today the the hype phrase can be thrown around a good bit with horses like him to a certain extent. Um, but more often than not, when a major trainer like Willie Mullins is bigging a horse up to the extent that he has been bigging this fellow up, they're not wrong. And it's just a matter of them actually demonstrating that performance on the track. And clearly, he was going to be a dual festival winner only for a freak uh, at Cheltenham. But he responded very impressively at Fairy House. And... He's battered a proven grade one performer in Fakir Dudri. Look, I know he was disappointing in the race last year, but that's a proven grade one hero. And he's just swatted him aside like it like he's nothing. I think I think what's happened with Gallop and the Champs is that he looked visually different to what he looked last year. You know, if Gallop and the Champs went around there today like he did last year, on the steel, pulling, you know, big long galloping stride, charging forward, charging forward everywhere, and still won we'd be all saying, wow, wow, you know, that's, he's still the same, but he looked visually different. He's still obviously the same. He's obviously, he could be even better, but they've just worked. I'd say they've worked very hard on settling him at home, relaxing him. And, uh, he, he looked very settled today and he looked very safe at his fences. You know, last year it, he was all charge, all speed down to the last fence in Cheltenham. And he was just going a strike too quick. And, this year, I don't feel that will happen. They've changed tact, and he's 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 they've trained or trained him. I'd say a bit different, and he looks he looks to me to conserve. He's going to conserve a lot more energy now, and um, so yeah, I don't expect him to see him as flamboyant as he was last year. This well, Dennis, year, but sorry, I, Dennis, is that easy to do, or, or how do you do it, or is it just working with different types of horses at home, or? Or does it does it happen with age trying to get them to settle? Or is there a specific way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, it's no problem to the likes of Willie Mullins. You know, Um, it would be an issue for some other trainers, but it wouldn't be an issue for the likes of Willie Mullins or Gordon Elliott or Henry de Bromhead or you know, like Mm. you can see it with Henry there with Bob Ollinger. You know, he's changed his. His system a bit, do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, them them sort of trainers, uh, Willie can do that, yeah, yeah, he can, and and then they obviously mature. Um, you'd often see horses in their novice season, always, you know, they're all action. Yeah. Uh, you'd often see a horse there that would be keen and say the his bumpers, uh, over which are run over two mile, but then you'd see them say the the likes of American Mike there. Um, you know, then when they'd run over hurls, they're running over two mile five, you know, five furlongs extra, and they're behind the bridle. 
you know they're settled you know you have to you have to train them accordingly and differently um and and obviously they learn as well as the, you know horses learn that it's easier it's an easier life to be not so hard on yourself you know um that, that they mature a small bit as well but i would say it looked to me like they changed tact with him now that he's a lot more settled and he doesn't give the impression that he'd go charging down to a fence and turn up turn over at the back of it because yeah. of his sheer speed. You know, that's what I that's what I felt today. I felt he was a lot safer. He looks a lot safer, sort of a safer bet now anyway. What do you deem to be his greatest attribute for the new season? Well he, I thought he, he he jumped phenomenal, but I'd say he's a horse that has a huge stride. A huge stride. And he can cover that ground with his huge stride being relaxed. Whereas the horse next to him might have to be taking two strides for his one, and it can be flat out. That's going to be his. That's his. That's his huge attribute, really. His long stride. He's got a huge, big, long stride on him. So for the ground he's covering, um, and jumping the way he jumps, uh, he's he's uh, yeah, he, he's going to have no issues. I was very impressed with his jumping today. Now I always thought last year there was an error in him. Even before Cheltenham, you were. Not, I was never a hundred percent sure until he was over the last. Uh, you know, and even then, you weren't sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was just. It's kind of like this big stride, and he, he gives you the impression he's going so fast, he's got so much raw ability um, that he might trip over himself. Do you know, he's that. He was uh, today. I didn't get that impression. That's that's what I was most pleased with today. See, watching him, and I thought, you know, just, he's a lot more of a safer conveyance today. Now, they've obviously worked on that any schooling so it's good to see where would you go with him next with a view to Cheltenham being the big target from this season it's hard to know now uh, because obviously the John Durkin is now a week later isn't it so it's actually eight days so it's to be Sunday week so it's seven eight days later uh, the King George um, I don't think will he run him in the King George will he no no no, no. I don't think so no so uh, I'd say he'll go to Leperstown um for the Irish Gold Cup. Couldn't see him couldn't see him handling Tremor, could you? He's too big and too mm. too rangy. And you, you you'd actually be taken you'd actually disarm him of, of some of his qualities around Tremor. Yeah. Uh, that's that big long show. stride. You couldn't you, you couldn't use it, you know. Um you'd be always on the turn and I don't know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm William Mullins is a, he's, he's obviously a shrewd, shrewd man, you know, he knows. I, I would say Leperstown would suit him really well, wouldn't it? I would say he's entered in that anyway in the twenty eighth. Yeah, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. Yeah, he he he's. Oh, you mean the Savills chase this year? He 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 won't take that. He, in, yeah, he he probably won't. Not now because the John Dorkin has been moved eight days later. That yeah. eight days makes big difference, you know. So it's hard to know now where he go. To be honest, hard to know. Yeah, had um, the had the John Dorkin gone off in its original date then things would be very different full stop because I think the next horse we're going to talk about he would have run on, on one of the undercards either on the original John Durkin day or the day before uh, in a novice chase appreciated and that's kind of derailed things with him we'll, we'll talk more about him in a second but yeah Irish Gold Cup on, on DRF weekend makes perfect sense um, it's I do know that there's some trainers who think you have you can almost lose your Gold Cup there um, but he took in the Dublin Racing Festival to seemingly Cheltenham victory last year uh, and obviously things didn't quite manage to pan out the, the right way but um, yeah it, it seems like the, the right route to go uh, Irish Gold Cup at the Dublin Racing Festival and then on to Cheltenham um, the rivals that he will be facing 
well, a Plutarch still has to get back to himself, but at least now we have a reason why a Plutarch disappointed. Uh, he was he wasn't sick as Haydock, but he was certainly sick when he got back, so he must have gotten sick during the race. Um, Lampresse might be going for the King George, maybe not. Protectorate definitely doesn't, uh, and he's fourth favorite at, at tens. So the Noble Yates has very much come into the equation as well, um, and and Statler has been fairly heavily quoted. And indeed, the man who will be with me on New Year's Day for the Welly Race in Castlecomer, where there'll be thousands of people. Uh, it's great crack, literally a marathon in wellies, but also a massive parade beforehand, floats galore. There'll be thousands of people in Castlecomer, and the guest, it's all for charity, uh, for very, very worthy causes, and the guest of honour is the shark. Shark Hanlon will be on stage. I'm guessing Dennis will be plastered by 2pm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, don't know about that now, Emmett, but... Uh... I'll be, I'll definitely be up to my neck in something anyway. Um, either riding horses or minding kids or doing something anyway. Minding horses here at home, doing something. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, do you know? I just think there, the home press is a very good bet at ten to one for the Gold Cup. Like I, I this Gold Cup this year is not going to be, is not going to be straightforward. Even for Gallop and the Champs, I know he looks an airplane, but it, it's just not going to be straightforward. Would you? It's just not going to be any. It's not going to be a straightforward sort of a task now to rock up and to go a cup that short. Yeah. Do you think that he's the biggest you know. danger to him, so, Lampresse? I do, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought he was a cup horse there last year. Yeah. Especially if the, I think the, he's very ground dependent, isn't he? But mm. uh, he's, he's by diamond by, and he, de- he definitely wants heavy ground. But uh, yeah, I was super impressed with him last year. I thought he was the goal cup horse in the making, to be honest. To me, he's huge value at 10 to 1. Huge value. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. Um, if you're taking the twos about Galopin de Champ, I mean, who knows? I may very well do that after a, a few shots of hot whiskey uh, this week. Maybe he'll be becoming a, an, an anti-post investment for me, Barry. But who is your current bet for the Gold Cup as things stand to keep you warm over the winter? I, I'm. You were asking about bets for Christmas. I, I I was thinking about having a few quid on non press for the for the King George, and and I wouldn't be against backing him. For the Gold Cup, there's not much tens about. Unfortunately, Dennis, I think the best price he is available now is about thirteen to two. He's uh, he's five to one with us. That's about the lowest, but he's a general thirteen to two, six to one chance. But um, yeah, I'll be having a few good well, King George, and I think uh, he's not a bad bet for the for the Gold Cup either. It's a good show, Barry. I'd say, but if you, I'd say he'd be a good bet for the Gold Cup now before the King George. Yeah, exactly. You'll you have know, to do that. If you know, fancy him for yeah, the King George, yeah. you have to get involved. Um, so yeah. have to downsize yeah. the presence first, take a few quid out, of yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. and put it on for yeah. King George. Yeah, yeah, no, he'd be the one for me now. But just, solid, solid all, jumper. All you have to do, though, is tell the kids about how much, how many better presents you're going to get them after the King George has been run. <laughs> Watch this race now, kids, and see that one in front. If he stays there, there'll be two wheels on your bike in a half an hour. So here's what you do, actually. Yeah. Here's what you do. Just wrap a box, an empty box, and the kids like are all excited that they open it up and there's nothing in it. And you go, well, just... Keep that excitement, keep that joy in your face until 3.30 tomorrow, Boxing Day, St. Stephen's Day, and then we'll go online and we'll buy whatever you want after Lampresse wins. And if Lampresse doesn't win, it's like, well, you were, at least you had something. You had the excitement of... There's crackers on the table. If you're lucky, there might be a few crumbs there from the table that you can get stuck into. Uh, are we being sarcastic or are we being serious? Decide for yourself. Um, 
What price is Lampresse for the King George with Betak, actually? He is nine to four for the King George. Damn. So since they yeah. confirmed him for the race, that's that's changed because that was the price Hitman was. Yeah, like it's it's not like you keep on forgetting. It's only it's less. It's just over a week away, you know. Like yeah, it's, it's the nineteenth now, so it's 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 on the horizon. So it's not really a massive anti-post bet, if you know what I mean. You're not waiting months. It's only you know it's only just around the corner, really. I think I would be siding with both of you, actually, funnily enough. But that's going to be one of the many obstacles that uh, Gallop on the Champ was going to have to face somewhere along the line. I think we all like him for the Gold Cup, but the price, no thanks. And uh, it's Lampresse uh, for the two lads. Um, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see... Well, I, I'd said this earlier. Um, I, think I'll, I think I'll stick with it. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they do with, um, with Statler. Uh, I, I yeah, good horse. Yeah, yeah. I haven't given up at all on him, and I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what what happens with him. But not necessarily saying get stuck in, but I'm certainly intrigued uh, in in what he does for for the rest of the season. I think he's 14s for the Gold Cup, 16s. Yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned him at the start of the season. We'll we'll stick with him. Um, right. The other big runner that we saw today was appreciated, uh, and there's been a lot of excitement about this fella, particularly after. Um, we had Patrick Mullins on the show a couple of weeks ago, previewing Ferry House. Well, Mark Milligan was talking to Patrick Mullins just last week for Timeform. And he asked him, which horse out of all of the horses, who would you pick to ride for the entire season? And without batting an eyelid, he said, appreciate it. Who's come out and won by seven lengths on his chasing debut this afternoon. Uh, and is obviously going to be making a, a big splash in the Arkle market. Uh, what is the, the current betting for Cheltenham with Appreciated with Bet Dak, Barry? And what did you make of his winning the beginner's chase at, at Punches Down today? Yeah, he's now fours from seven. So another fairly drastic move, I suppose. He was expected to win as his odds of one to five would suggest. But again, I thought he was very good. I think the horse in second has obviously improved. Uh, top bandit for Gordon Elliott. I think he put up an improved performance and looked as though he was going to make a real race for turning in. In fairness to appreciate it, I still think he was maybe in second, maybe just slipped into third gear, but I think he forced a mistake out of top band at the way quick and towards the second last and the last, and ultimately he ran out with a good winner. I think he won with seven lengths in hand. So uh, visually it was very impressive. Um, there was a long way clear of the third horse, and as I say, I think the second horse top band has improved. So seven to one into four to one. Yeah, it was it was a it was a good run and um Look, I know John Bond is the talking horse, but I'd rather be unappreciated at, at four to one than John Bond there at, at just just over even money. So I thought it was a good performance. I also thought the second horse ran well, Top Bandit. Yeah, uh, you obviously would know Top Bandit quite well, Dennis, given your time with um, with Gordon. Uh, age is not exactly unappreciated side. He's heading nine uh, by the time the spring festivals have come around. That's the age he's going to be. But this was a taking, chasing debut. It was grand. It was grand. You know. Uh... Yeah, I agree with Barry there. Top ended. He obviously has improved. But in saying that, I thought, I could be wrong, but visually to me, it looked like that I appreciated once, once further, once four mine. Uh, to me, he, he looked outpaced. Uh, I, I, I thought Top Bandit could get to him too easy. Uh, you know, I thought he was a horse that definitely, definitely would want a bit further now. It's, uh, he's a bit older. And uh, I, I could be wrong now. I could be wrong, but that's that was my take on it. Now I just thought, yeah, he's, he was good, good safe jumper, but he got a grand easy time of it there today. Now 
in Punchestown, no one really took him on and he got a grand easy lead out in front. I suppose he'll improve a lot from the run. To me, he looked like a four-miler. Oh, wow. That's what I thought he looked like today. I thought he looked like a four-mile horse. Um, I could be totally wrong. I could be way wide of the mark, but that's what I thought he looked like to me now. Uh, he definitely wants to go out and trip as far as you can even. It'll be hard for the four-miler eventually. Lads will think I'm talking crap, but I, I just thought today looking at him, he looked, he looked he didn't look like a fast horse. I made a joke about this on Thursday. He, he looked like he looked more like a, a stare, I thought, in my opinion. I made a gag about this on Thursday's show. It's like, oh, has Patrick just given us the four-miler, that not-quite-four-miler amateur riders chase ride? Uh, and then you're echoing that. And look, I, I get where you're coming from what you're saying, but that's almost something that was being said before he's chasing debut, because the I've heard great things about El Fabiolo. I know that they think an awful lot of Flame Bear, who makes his debut tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, for the yard. Um, but perhaps when Patrick Mullins was asked by Mark Milligan, who's, who would you like to ride for the rest of the year? Maybe he's telling us, oh, I've got my amateur rider or sorted out and it's going to be appreciated. Well, uh, I, 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 yeah, I thought, well, to me, he looked, that's what he looked like to me. I, I could be wide of the mark, but looking at the horse visually, that's what, that's what I thought today. I thought, you know, you're, you look like, you look like your horse that's going to want at least, at least three, or at least four miles, you know. Uh, he, he looked like a hard, you know, he's not that slow, but he, he, t- he looks to have the potential to be a real four miler, uh, you know, at National Hunt Chase or something. I'd say he's one, that's, that's, I would say that, that'd be, that'd be more, more the aim in my. That's that's fascinating because it's going to be really intriguing to see what what Willie does with the rest of these horses. Just, just you know, I, I could be I, I could be wrong. <laughs> well, it's you're definitely giving us pause for thought. Anyway, um, I mean, to, to clarify, you're not averse to him being an Oracle horse for the season. It's just that the way he was finishing the race out, you can see him in time being a proper stayer. That's what I think. In time, he's going to be a, a real stare. Uh, to me, he looked like a horse that wants, definitely wants to go out and trip and has the class as well and jumps well. Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought he was definitely, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely wants to go out and trip. He's that bit older now. He mightn't have that initial pace that he had when he won the Supreme all the, you know, then a couple of years ago. But to me, he looks like a four-miler. Written all over him, I thought. Yeah, and it's going to be. I don't have much time with him, really, Emmett. Like, sorry, like he's a nine-year-old next year, so they need to get they need to get their skates on. They can't really afford to mess around with a season of two miles if he uh, if he's going to need a bit further. Yeah, what would what did you make of him, and what would you be doing with him going forward, Barry? Because I think the next rate, the next time we're going to see him, it looks as though it's going to be the Dublin Racing Festival. If I had him, I'd sell him and, and get a few quid. But um, <laughs> if I was training him. Um, yeah, look, I thought it was a decent enough performance. I agree with what Dennis said. He maybe did come off with a bit coming home and he stayed or turned it for home and he stayed on well. But look, his last six, seven races have all been over two miles. I know he has won over two mile four. And um, yeah, I, look, there's a lot of horses Willie has in, in that division, I suppose. But I'd, I'd stick with him. He didn't do an awful lot wrong. As I say, they were a long, long way clear of the tour. There was another 15 lengths back to get my drift back in third place. Who uh, was coming in for a small few quid on, on the day. So. I'd probably give him one more go at two more. He didn't do an awful lot wrong there, did he? No, I, I love this performance. Um, I, I was very taken with it. And I, I think I would have him down as much more of an Arkle player right now. But his age profile being one thing, his well, record with... Higher performance is supposed to change your plans. Yeah, exactly. And, and Willie's got other options. I mean, you only have to look at the entries for the We're Sorry the Racing Post app is crap now 
Novice Chase on... Oh, sorry, it's the Racing Post new app on St. Stephen's Day. Uh, appreciated. Obviously won't be running in that race now, but he's entered for it. They've got Dicer Dynamo still to come. El Fabiolo still to come. Flame Bearer runs tomorrow. Uh, Hador is never going to be as good as this lot, but he can run in this division. They've got options. Saint Roy as well. He would need to improve an awful lot more. Sir Gerard may very well st- go over fences, and if he does, this could be his division too. So it's not like Willie Mullins is stuck for options. He's got plenty no, still to come. To, and what Dennis said, he is entered into two mile four, uh, the Faheen uh, grade one at uh, mm. Limerick mm. on Stevens' day, as well as Leprechaun off Look, And doubtfully he's going to go on any of those races. But he, he didn't have a hard race there today, I don't think. No, he didn't. I, I think it would just be his injury record would, would be the thing that would stop mm. them turning around so quickly. And this is one of the fascinating aspects of the cold snap kicking in and resulting in racing being cancelled because it seemed pretty obvious that when Appreciated was going to make his chasing debut a couple of weeks ago with Flamebearer, uh, that both of those horses could then turn up on Boxing Day, St. Stephen's Day. One goes to Limerick, one goes to Leopardstown. That's now off the table for both. So it's not just and and look, Willie and Gordon and Henry, they have the they've got plan B's for plan B. Um they they know exactly what they're doing, but it must be somewhat frustrating, particularly this time of year, uh, Dennis, when you're trying to to tie everything in and you're trying to get your horses ready for the Dublin Racing Festival and ready for the Christmas racing festivals, if you're planning right, we'll start off in this beginner's chase and then we can take in a grade one, and suddenly all that goes out the window. Yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, it's uh, look, it's the the reschedule meetings is actually a huge disruption. You wouldn't believe it, to be honest. Um, just the last few, just the last week or so, uh, the John Durkin, you wouldn't believe it with the timing of horses and things, timing for Christmas. You know, it's such a tightly packed schedule over the Christmas period. So much to take in, take on grade ones, left, right, and center. And you kind of can't afford to miss something like the John Dorkin, or you kind of can't afford, like they were done very well to run Cork the other day. Say, for example, Cork wasn't on the other day, Energy Me wouldn't have run. Mm -hmm. So then he would have been missing a run. And like, it's vital really to get this time of year, it's very, very tight in terms of getting all the racing on. Um. But you know, there's such good trainers in this country now. They're you know they're well able to have their horses right anyway. They can afford to miss. You know, they're able to keep them ticking over, keep keep them right. But it's look, it's not. It's it's it's. I'm sure. I'm sure Willie Mullins and 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 Gordon and all them will have. You know, they they have their Christmas horses ready anyway. Um, they kind of know what's happening and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great country to be in at the moment with the volume of class. And class horses here at the moment anyway that's for sure hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. 
Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A shock announcement over the weekend. One of the biggest names that the sport has ever seen is retiring. I ain't talking about Frankie. Davey Russell uh, bows out straight away. And this kind of all relates to Dennis O'Regan because had had the racing not been cancelled, uh, you would have been on board in Thurless doing your thing and, and winning. And instead, that pesky Davey Russell comes down, uh, jocks you off a horse in Liberty Dance and um, makes his grand announcement then afterwards. Uh, that's That's factually correct, Dennis, isn't it? Well, that's it. That's you know, uh, it was that is correct, and uh, there is a system in in Gordon Elliott's, um, you know, and Gordon sticks very much to the system. And uh, yeah, I have to say it was a it was a shock, but um, he he, uh, he he got the job done, and uh, he got out in one piece. And all credit to him for getting out in one piece. That's all I'd say, really. Um, one. One last act of revenge from Davy Russell. I'm going to jock off Dennis O'Regan, and that's going to be my, my farewell uh, swan song. Um, this wasn't really seen. like It had been speculated for quite a while, uh, two years ago, a year ago. Even when he was coming back from his injury, Dennis, I, I think most of you in the waiting room and, and plenty of Gordons were like, yeah, well, I'll believe it when I see it, when he comes back. But he, he did come back. Um, what did you make of that decision to just quietly pack away yesterday it's it's not a big christmas race it's not uh, a major grade one at the drf it's just a nice sunday afternoon rides a winner good night good luck thanks very much bye-bye um i suppose i didn't give it any thought really uh emma you know what i mean i i sure it's people probably don't realize how difficult the sport is as a jockey anyway they certainly don't um it's uh it's very. It's a long way from driving nice cars and having nice houses and all of the rest of that kind of stuff. Um, you have to work extremely hard to maintain any sort of a level. Uh, being a jump jockey, probably you know, is the toughest. Probably the toughest sport in the world. The knots are saying it because I'm in it, but it, it mentally and physically. And I suppose all that really struck me was uh, Davy Russell came back from a bad injury. He's got a streak of stubbornness in him. And that stubbornness was to prove um, that he could still do it, even though he came back from an injury. A lot of that was fueled by people saying that he was going to retire. And the more people said it, the more it fueled him to come back. He probably, I, I did see where he said he needed that target comeback riding anyway um, to get him through the rehab, um, which is fair enough. And he rocked up down to Torless yesterday, 
whether it was Turles or Navin or wherever it was going to be, he obviously had it in his mind the last week, the 10 days, the two weeks. So the race was all called off. So it was going to happen. It was, it was going to happen. It was going to happen in the last in in the last week or so, I would say, uh, ten days even, and uh, he definitely had it planned, and uh, yeah, uh, he got out in one piece. Good luck to him, you know. Best of luck to him, and uh, um, he, he's you know hopefully, hopefully he can relax and have a have a, a you know a good a good decent life, good decent living afterwards. You know, he's had a lot of injuries. You know. Mm. So uh, you know, but he, he's obviously got, he, he made a lot of money out of the, out of the game, and he's, you know he's had a, he's had a good time of it. So um, yeah, like more luck to him. Uh, it's, it's, the sad thing about racing is, and it'll be the same someday when I'm gone. It's there won't be any. It doesn't matter because the next lad is always will is always ready to come in and and take your place. So um, yeah, it's it's a big thing, but best luck to him. Well, on, on that, because you're part of that golden generation of McCoy, Walsh, yourself and the tremendous successes you had um, and, and continue to have, Richard Johnson and Davey. So am I right in thinking you're the last of that generation in the Irish wing room? Well, according to Richard Forrestal today, now Davey was the last one in that golden generation. And I can see why I was never a champion jockey and I never won a World Cup. And I never won a champion hurl or a grand national, so I can't ever say I'm in their league. Um, yeah, I've ridden through that era right from the very start, um, and it was probably the toughest era of all time ever to not only start and get going, but to maintain a good level of you know riding winners and you know consistently for the last twenty years, and that's what I've done. Uh, to be put in that golden era, I don't know, Emma. Thanks for the compliment, but I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I suppose, as the lads were saying in the way room yesterday, I'm uh, one step closer to the door again now. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'll, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, Robbie Power and Davy Russell were just that bit older than me the last couple of years. And, um, I mean, Davy wrote, he's 43, he's rising 44. Or, you know, so I mean, I have a good three or four years left to me if I want, and uh, you know, it's it's tough though. It's not easy. It's not it's not as simple as saying it. You know, it's not as simple as saying if I'm driving the right car, or if I'm playing with the right right golf club, or if I'm playing with the right tennis racket, or I'm playing with the right hurley, I'll stay going. It's it's whether I keep off the ground, yeah. uh, get a run, get a free injury free run. Get on nice horses, ride plenty of winners. You know that's that basically is what dictates your your whole uh, outcome as a jockey, basically. And uh, yeah, and, and and on top of that, you know you're never at home, you never see your family. I, I'm sure that played a big part in Davy Russell's retirement. Uh, he's got five children, you know, four all all very young. Uh, lives in Yall in County Cork, um, where I'm from myself. But it would have took a lot. It would have took a lot of effort and a lot of work to go from Yall as a base to you know to be riding for say uh, Gordon Elliott or whoever else he used to be riding for you know Charles Burns or any of them horses he was riding in the last few years. He was lucky in the last few years that he had Gordon Elliott and the support of Gordon Elliott. Um, Gordon Elliott and Davy Russell are, are obviously very close, and uh, Gordon backed Davy. Davy probably wouldn't have had to be in the yard as much as 
you know, the other lads have to be in the yard. And, uh, it, you know, so it was a great credit to Gordon Elliott, basically, to, to, to keep, to keep David, you know, because you can't go without the horse. Gordon Elliott's horses are, have a fantastic strike rate, strike rate, even jumping wise, you know, you don't see many of them fall. And, um, yeah, so he was lucky in that sense, but, you know, it would have took a lot of drive and hunger to, to come back from an injury, I suppose, um, come back and ride at a very good level. And then, you know, and and bow out, you know, in Turles. I'm sure he would have wanted to bow out a week ago, probably in Navan or wherever. Punchestown today, you know, he was he was jocked up at the John Durkin meeting in Punchestown. That would have been a another big meeting for him to go on. But to go out in a in a kind of a a low profile meeting in Turles, albeit it was a listed winner, he, he wrote his winner on. Um, yeah. It was it was it was good good to see him get out in one piece and and best luck to him. Yeah, that's almost the best thing you can say about it is obviously a tremendous career and he's given a lot of people a lot of fun and some incredible memories uh, over the years. But the greatest gift that a jockey can give themselves is to be able to walk away from it in their own terms and, and be okay. Um, and and I hope that that's what happens to you, Dennis. But you know, McCoy emphasised how important that was. Ruby Walsh said it as well. Um, and McCoy made the announcement and kept going. Um, Ruby was like, no, we're not doing that. Uh, and it's very interesting because there's two different personalities. Frankie's going to love the whole farewell tour. Davey would hate that. If Davey had announced yesterday, this is my final season, and then everything was, it's his last Cheltenham Festival, it's his last grand. No, that, that's not Davey Russell. So I, I, I like the way he did it. Um, 25 Cheltenham Festival wins. It all began back in 2006 with Native Jack in the cross country. Uh, and his first winner under rules came back in, in 1999. Barry, he, he had a a remarkable career. And as um, Dennis says, he had he is going out on his own terms. Yeah, he's he's in the top 10 of all-time jump jockeys now. I'm sure, Dennis, you'll get, you'll get there eventually, Dennis. But when you see uh, you see some of the names that, that are in the top 10, you know, of course. Thanks, Barry, Barry but I won't. And you never know, Dennis. You never know. <laughs> You're all right. No, I'm happy enough with my lot. <laughs> but uh, he's he, he's in real good company there you know that way he's, he's ridden almost 1600 winners and I think when he got that fall off Dr. Duffy when he, when he broke his neck he was out 11 months and that's only last year and I, I think I think Dennis touched on it as well I think he more so wanted to prove to himself that he could get back yeah. and I think that, that was probably a huge a huge achievement to get back and that, that's only a year ago so when you think of the effort he probably put in to get back and a year later he, he's packing it in but it's it's great he can walk away on his own terms, he has fifty-eight Grade One winners, and as as Dennis touched on, he has got five kids as well. So, so that's that's a huge thing as well. But look, um, yeah, he was a top jockey for many years, wasn't he? Twenty-three years in the saddle, but uh, yeah, look, I suppose being able to walk away on his terms, as I mentioned, say it was it was huge to himself to be able to prove he, he could get back after that injury. And look, two Grand National winners, the the yeah, the list of big race success is endless. So uh, look, fair play to him. He comes across, I don't know him. He comes across as a hard working. Albeit a little bit miserable sometimes, but he comes across as a hard working enough fella. And uh, well, yeah, but I can't. Em- I couldn't emphasize enough, Barry, and, and that's that's a good way to put it. But every jockey that rides winners works extremely hard. Like yeah, I, and was, you know, it's, it's, it, just it's like it's, it, it's like extreme. It's like extreme hard work. Like there's no jockey riding that's riding winners and doesn't really work hard. It's absolutely the work ethic of jockeys is just insane. 
and like no life, just complete insane. And so for anyone to maintain any sort of a level as a jockey, it's incredibly hard work. And then you have your, your ups and your downs along the way within that hard work. But it's that's that's the way it is, I'm afraid. That is the way it is. There's no there is absolutely no uh no jockey riding at the moment. That's riding no, winners. And yeah, and, and, and you're that, right, it's, that, it's, you it's know, a, it works very hard. An awful lot of stuff that people don't see, and, and I've seen it myself. Just was it back in October? I was over in Cheltenham in October, flying back on a Sunday night. Uh, through was it Bristol Sunday night or a Saturday night? We were flying back, and it was late at night. The flight was delayed. It was half ten, and Davy was there with, with Charles Bournes, and we didn't get, land back in Dublin Airport until maybe half eleven. And then he's riding it down Royal again the next day at, at half twelve. You know, that's they're the things that people don't don't see. You know, the way the hard work and the missing your family. So. Yeah, an awful lot of people um, don't uh, don't realise the hard work that goes in. So I'd say it's a, it's a tough uh, profession. So any success you can get out of it is well earned. Yeah, and that drive from Yall to, to Gordon's Yard or from even just from Yall to get to tracks of the country, you're talking three hours each day at least. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that's the thing. It was, a, it, was a good, it was a good effort. Um, you know, it was a good effort, I suppose. It, it works. I suppose he was closer to Mallow and... Uh, Killarney and any of them summer tracks down the country and Torles probably isn't too far from home either but uh, uh, yeah sure look it's the same for everyone They're ba- in England they're based all over the country jockeys in England and they're driving four, four and five hours a day on their own for one ride so at least in in, in Ireland if you're driving three hours is max and um, yeah three hours will get you to most race courses in Ireland um, and yeah it's 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 uh, it's a it's a it's tough going, and so yeah, uh, you know, David Russell does come across a hard worker, um, but yeah, every every jockey riding at any sort of a level is a grafter. Riding winners at any sort of a level is a very hard worker. There was another big announcement of retirement, uh, and that being Frankie Dettori, as I believe Dennis has been knocked off the line. Uh, Twala will get him back, I'm sure for us. Uh, but yeah, not one legend of the game bowing out, but also uh, Frankie Dettori as well. And uh, I did talk about the difference in personalities very briefly, that Davy would hate the whole farewell Davy Russell, it's your last Cheltenham, farewell Davy Russell, it's your last Grand National, yada, yada, yada. Um, Frankie's made for this stuff, though. He will love this. And there's an article in the Racing Post today from Lee Modestad which says this farewell tour is like Frankie's last gift to racing. And in some ways he's right about that because if utilised in the right way, uh, his farewell tour can be gold. It can be absolute gold. Every classic is Frankie's last. um, And that's a free PR campaign for all of those races, all of those race courses and the various different broadcasters who are involved in it. It's been a r- remarkable career. Um, hasn't always been... It's certainly been box office, and it's been blockbuster. Um, the Stradivarius story still leaves a sour taste for some, but it was really interesting to see how that played out, and uh, sales of popcorn went through the roof. Um, Frankie Dettori's farewell tour. One more year of, of riding, and then he's he's going to bow out spectacularly at the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Barry, what do you make of it all? Yeah, it's a bit of a touchy subject for me. Look... I suppose when I was getting into racing and having my first few sneaky bets, he was sort of the, the poster boy um, going back 20-odd years ago, you know, doing your, your 5 big Yankees, and I was always on Lan Franco de Torre, you know, backing him blind. But um, <clears throat> look, he's had an incredible career. 
Um, he's three times champion jockey. We can go through all his stats all day. It is good for, I don't mean this in a bad way, it's good for racing that he's leaving if they use it the right way. Because, as you say, this can be his last Royal Ascot, this can be his last this, his last Breeders' Cup, his last whatever. And, and they can really uh, utilise that and bring a lot of new people into the game. But um, he says he wants to retire at the top. Personally, only my opinions on it. Personally, I think it's four or five years too late for him to retire at the top of his game. Although he's still riding at the top of, of flat races, if you know what I mean. I don't think he's riding as well as he was um, a few years ago. Um, he's just not my cup of tea anymore, to be honest. I think he's um, he's a showman. I think he, he's very, very good when the cameras are on him. I just don't think he'd be that nice of a person when the cameras are off him. Um, we had the whole thing with Stradivarius and Dylan Brown McMonagall when he rode Baron Semdy at Ascot. That was totally out of order, especially yeah. for a young fella. I like Dylan Brown McMahon, who's only out of, I know he had plenty of pony race experience and stuff like that, but a young fella going over and he'd done absolutely nothing wrong in that race. Nothing wrong in it. I watched it again today and uh, Mark Johnson, the commentator, went through it with a fine two comb. Watched that again and he, and even and everybody, Nick Luck, Mark Johnson, they're all saying, not the trainer, they're the commentator, he, he'd done nothing wrong. And the Tory came out, well, it was on terrestrial TV and, and, and Slayton didn't know who he was, this and that, what was he doing? He'd done nothing wrong if you look back at that race. But I'm somewhat going off him. I think, as I say, just my own views, uh, Emmett, he, he's a real showman in front of the cameras. When things are going well, he's kissing the camera, he's lepping off horses, he's this, is that. But I'd say, I, and do you know what? You can interview a few jockeys. I remember seeing Spencer a few times. Um, you know, I just get the impression... That he's not, he, he's a sour loser and he's, he's not great to be in the way room after he gets the feats, if you get that impression. But when the cameras are on him and he's winning, he's the greatest showman and he's flamboyant and he's this and that. But look, uh, wouldn't be my cup of tea. That's just it. You know, what do you think about him? He's had a, he's had a marvelous career. You can't knock that. Arcs, Derbies, you know, some of the, the greatest horses he's ever ridden. 14 Breeder Cup wins, Japan Cups, Dubai World Cup winners, Derby winners, everything. But, um, just as a person, not my cup of tea. I think that's a criticism that a lot of people will know. Law about him. Um, Which one? The, the Dylan Brown McMonagall or, or just the, the Dylan Brown McMonagall one? And that almost being the hang on a second, you're not the nice guy we thought you were. Yeah, and you know what? I had that opinion, and I don't know where I formed it from. Because I've, I've never been, like, apart from seeing him at the Cora five or six times, maybe when he was over, and I've seen him at Bellastown a few times when he was down for the Barney Corey sort of stuff. But I, I, I don't know how I formed this opinion of him, and I formed this opinion long before the Dylan Brown, McMonagall stuff and Baron Semdy. I just got the impression that he was a sore loser, that sort of stuff of him. Look, I, I don't know. He could be a lovely person, but I don't know. I just get the impression that he's, he's maybe not the nice guy he's cracked out, uh, out to be. Well, he's not. I mean, that's just the that's just the thing. The, the the thing I would say about that is, though, to a certain extent, you can get away with that, um, or or even give him a pass. Look, look. If if you look at Frankie Dettori as one of the greatest sportsmen of all time, and and you think he is a hero, that's your view. You're entitled to it, and I'm not taking from it. I think he's one of the greatest jockeys to ever grace the face of this face of this earth. He is a phenomenal talent. He's also exceptionally good at managing his brand. Like, is there anything Frankie Dettori has not sold? And 
more yeah, luck to him. True. Like, absolutely, like, well done to the guy. He has marketed himself and run his brand. And I hate that term, even like, oh, what's his brand like? I hate that that mm. kind of phrasing. But he got it. He has made the most out of every commercial opportunity that has been given to him. He has run his celebrity very, very impressively. He's the one who transcends the sport. There are some incredibly talented jockeys in our sport right now. Rachel Blackmore is a huge star. Uh, Ryan Moore, obviously. Nobody comes close to Frankie. Nobody has that ring name recognition. Nobody has the personality that he has. And he's able to market that personality incredibly well. I do think that a lot of people are like yourself, Barry. The mask slipped and they don't look at him as Mr. Nice Guy. And, and maybe that doesn't even matter for some. But No, it doesn't. And, and like when we're long gone and people look back at the history books, it's not going to say he won this, he won that, he won the other. But um, he wasn't a nice guy. That's not going to be said on, yeah. on his Wikipedia page, you know that way. But um, yeah, you can't knock his achievements, as I mentioned before. You can't knock his achievements. But um, just his personality for me, it just rubs me up the wrong way. And um, look, when people ask you, what's your, your favourite Frankie the Tory moment? Unfortunately, mine is the Lady Arena incident. So that was quite funny when he went past the line against Martin. Oh, no, when he, he thought he'd won at York. Yeah, and he starts shushing the crowds. And I was working that day and I was sitting right under the TV. And I just, I, he's beat. And the lads are like, he's not beat. And I said, I'm telling you now, he's beat. And, oh, you uh, knew? Given, I knew. Just, you know, just see Marsha's head was right down on the line. And uh, I knew, I knew it wasn't talk at talk. I didn't have a bet in the race, but I said, he said he's done, and he was going on celebrating. And then, uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that was an awful moment. Big Saturday TV meeting, um, wasn't it the Nuntorp? I think it was. It was the Coolmore uh, Nuntorp? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'd say he was, uh, say he was sick with that. But look, not knocking his achievements, and um, yeah, he, he, he's a great jockey, but a bit of a showman and a good showman when everything is going well. But this year could just be unsufferable for me, you know. <laughs> It's going to be the Frankie this, the Frankie that. And look, I'd say he's going to be well supported. I'd say a lot of big trainers are going to try and give him the best chance he has of finishing off with a Derby winner, finishing off with Breeders' Cup winners. I'd say he'd be well supported. He seems to be still well supported. But um, I'd say it's a little bit of relief for John Gosling as well. I'd say you'd want to go through this whole having to sort of sack Frankie the Tory again. At least he knows, right? We'll part on good terms publicly, if you know what I mean. He's gone at the end of the season, and that's that. Well, I am paraphrasing here, but he did he did almost give out the playbook of how you handle Frankie again. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland, chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Uh, over the weekend. And um, my theory about the whole Stradivarius thing and his comments to the to the media was that John Gosden had realized there's only one way of getting through to Frankie Dettori, and that's through the medium he loves most, and that's the media. Um, 
And so instead of, I mean, I'm sure he rollicked him, and I, I know for a fact that both Bjorn Nielsen and John Gosden absolutely tore him a new one at Royal Ascot. But the most effective way for Gosden to get it through to him was to say it publicly. And and so the, the next day when Inspiral wins and it's a flawless performance at the Royal Meeting and you think, well, he'll ease off now. Um, I think the question Rishi Passad asked on ITV was, and what about the man on top? As in, like, to give him praise? Yeah. And he said... Oh, well, yeah, what was the answer? He said, well, if he, if he stops... If he, well, his most important job is waving to the crowd, and when he stops doing that, I'll, I'll be finally able to speak to him and get a debrief from him. There you go. It's like everything was go. everything he could do to just berate him, even at the scene of winning a, a Group One at the Royal Meeting, like yeah. another opportunity yeah. to just bash him. And there was there was method to that madness. Like that whole thing resolved itself pretty quickly. Uh, in, in the scheme of things, like they were on sabbatical, they were taking a break from one another and they were back together two weeks later. Um, but I don't think Gosden would put up with much more of that. And and that is essentially like telling someone, giving them explicit instructions, do not ride the, the same race that you rode last year. Don't do that. Only for him to go and do the exact same thing on, on Stradivarius. And the one negativity I would have at all this is, or negative mindset I would have towards this whole thing is, it's a massive opportunity, as Lee Modestad said in the Racing Post, for these different race courses and the various different, like NBC in the States, Sky, Racing TV, ITV, or TE when he comes to Ireland. There's a huge opportunity for all of these media companies, for all of the race courses, and for the sport itself to just hitch its wagon to Frankie Dettori and let the PR campaign do the talking. But that could also, but that could also get real old real fast. If every single week is, it's Frankie Dettori's last ever ride in the Guineas. It's his last ever ride in the Irish Guineas. It's his last ever ride in the French Guineas. It's his last ever Royal Ascot. That's going to get real old real fast. It, it does. And, and look, it, it's happened a small bit with Bryony, didn't it? She was a victim of her own success, mm-hmm. uh, riding winners and fraud on. And nearly every Saturday was the Bryony show, Bryony show, Bryony show. And a lot of people got, got pissed off with that pretty quickly, you know that way? So, um, a lot of jockeys this, got fed up with that. Uh, yeah. And this is going to be done to a, a bigger extent. But at least there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. They can uh, bite the lip and bear it. Say he'd be gone. He'd be gone after Santa Anita. Just just put up with it. But yeah, look, I agree with what you say. Hit your wagon to the Frankie Dettori show for the next twelve months um, and get what you can out of it. Yeah, I think that's the only way to play this. Uh, I really do. And, and look, I I have great admiration for the guy. I think he's one of the greatest sportsmen of all time. He is charismatic. He does have that electric personality. It's just that that personality is not always as nice as you might like. But I'm, I'm a huge admirer of him, and and I wish him well. Um, to to quote Dennis O'Regan, good luck to him. <laughs> good luck to him. Leave, leave it at that. <laughs> uh, if you didn't gather the fact that Dennis O'Regan and, and Davy Russell wouldn't exactly be the closest, then I don't know what to say to you. Um, what's your favourite Frankie Dettori win? Like you can't go for Lady Aurelia getting getting chuffed. Uh, Duff, what's your favourite memory of, of him in the saddle? Um, did he ride uh, Lantara? He did, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was a really good ride on Lantara. I remember him on Lantara. Also this year, he was very good on a horse called uh, Godolphin Horse in the big handicap at York. Um, Lord, no, um Trawlerman. Oh, yes, the Gosden Horse. Mm. Yeah, in the Ebor. He was very good on him. Looked 
wouldn't say first one beaten, but look book for maybe fifth or sixth, and uh, and the horse rallied to get up. But um, yeah, when he when when he was good, he was very good, wasn't he? Really, but um, yeah, just personality wise, he wouldn't be my cup of tea. But as I say, he was one of the jockeys who got me into the game. Um, he was sort of he was the, the showman back in the in the, in the mid late nineties and sort of got me into the game. I would have become a general punter anyway, regardless of Frank Victory. So not saying he he got me into the game. I was gonna get into it anyway, but um. He helped kickstart it along, but um, yeah, he he's he had some good rides. Um, of course, you can you can never forget the magnificent seven at at Ascot. Um, the amount of people I knew that had them those seven winners, incredible. But I'm yet to see a winning ticket. Yeah, my uh, my mother was running a bookmakers that day, and there was a woman who had done like a a ten p super Heinz. Yeah, and had taken prices crucially. She had twenties about his his one in the last. So she made an absolute fortune. Um, and punters were just flocking their cash onto Frankie. They would take any price they could get. They didn't really care. It was just riding that, that Frankie train. And because that was, you know, I don't remember that in person. I don't remember watching those races. I wouldn't have been. I was too young. I remember my mother, my mother coming home that night and telling me about... The P45. <laughs> telling me about the guy whose who's chain of bookmakers they were came in with a face like thunder. He was not happy at all. Um, and, and look, most bookmakers nearly got wiped out that day. But I, I think what's what's a, a better example for us would be Royal Ascot 2019. Because you're yes, a trader really, and it's, it's more fresh. We've really done it again. There yeah. were panic stations. Panic so, stations. I, I can't think of a job, maybe Ryan Moore, but there's very few jockeys who would have a cascade effect like he did that day. It was the Thursday, uh, 2019 of, of Royal Ascot. So it was Gold Cup day and Frankie de Tori absolutely tore it up. And it was so oh. bad for bookmakers. They wouldn't allow you do five timers, six timers, seven timers on Frankie mounts for the rest of the week. Like you I couldn't... remember it. The, yeah, the decisions were crazy. Like, and, and like, I remember we were like, oh, we'll just allow it. And then because nowhere else was allowed, we, like, oh, we can't just be on our own because we'll, Word will get out, yeah, these are taking the bets and you'll be up to your eyeballs in it. But I remember the first day he won, the, the first three or four races, the prices the horse went off. Now remember, obviously we're in exchange, so they were a little bit bigger on the exchange, but the prices that the horses were going off, a lot of people were taking the Gary Wiltshire stance and sort of going, they can't, he can't win a fifth, which he couldn't. But I think he went very close, if I remember correctly, one of the horses traded long odds on um, in the big handicap, I think it was in the Abdullah Colours. Can't remember it off the top of my head, but it, it, he traded one forty or one forty. Could have been him, yeah. Could have been him. Him in it. He traded short, and there was like <gasps> gasps. But lucky enough, we're still in the job. There was <laughs> there was some horse came out of the pack that he couldn't reel in, but it did look as though he was going to win that. It looked yeah, as though that was going to be five very, out of the five. Short. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I remember that day. All right. Is there a jockey but, um, who could have done that? Is there another jockey aside from Frankie Dettori who could have sent? The, the bet tack layers into such pandemonium and, and every other's like the the fact that sports books were literally major sports books were going, Yeah, we're not giving accumulations on Frankie Tutorial. You can't do you can't combine his horses. Combine his horses into a bet what? It was crazy. Yeah, uh, but is it, there it another jockey really who could actually generate that much chaos in, in the war rooms? No, there's not because there's a couple of reasons why obviously he had what Obviously, when the day he got a seven uh, winner, he had seven rides. But an awful lot of jockeys don't have seven rides on the card. 
um, they don't have five rides on a card. You know, you might see even even the top class jockeys, the, the, the William Buicks and the Ryan Moores. Okay, maybe at Ascot they'll have some some of those big rides, but there's always one or two not really fancied. And he does. They don't seem to to capture the public like Frankie did. Like, you know, it's a bit of a sexist term, but the housewife bets. You know that way he gets them. But there's no other jockey really that that uh, that the public latch on to. Maybe Ryan Moore to a small extent, but. No, the others. There's there's so many good jockeys now that the rides are spread. Like you look at Godolphin, like you've, you've Buick and you've and you've James Doyle there. So they don't have a a number one rider. If if one of the other of those wasn't around, you might have something there. But even in Ireland, like you know, when when Moore is not here, you've Shamey Heflin. Okay, you know Joseph retired a while ago, but you've Wayne Lord and riding a few. So the rides are so spread out now amongst the big stables, and it's very hard to get people having seven rides and. No, they, they don't tend to, to capture the imagination, imagination like Frankie did. Plenty of time left for those sports books to once again go, yeah, you're not allowed to combine Frankie de Torre's mounts into one. He, he, he'll, he'll give it a go at Ascot this year, won't he? I'm Definitely. sure he will plan a day that he has that he has five, six good rides on the card. He will. That will be his his agent will be looking a long way out to say, oh, Ascot's his place. Let's see, can we, see, can we get four or five winners on the one day? That's, that's a given. Oh, yeah. He will try and shoot the lights out at, at some point or another. And they've already announced the Champions Day. They're going to do a big thing for him as well. So again, yes, if you like Frankie, me. you're set for an amazing year. If if you if you view Frankie like Dennis views Davy, then maybe you'll see things a little bit differently. Um, lay them all day on the exchange. We just, we just, we, we kid, we kid. Um, Gary Moore has uh, come out swinging about the jump season. The worst he has known since he took out a license in 1993, he said uh, to the Racing Post. Uh, his own results, obviously, on the track have been very, very promising. But he says, and I quote, this has been the worst season I've known for training jump sources. If it isn't quick round, then you've got too much sun on the hurdles or fences, so they're omitted. And then you've got the mass cancellations of meetings due to freezing temperatures. It's bonkers and never ending. He's right, though. He is right, but again, it's 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 weather. What what can you do? Like, really, what can you do? And like you said, imagine the moan he would have had if he hasn't had been having such a, a decent season. Um, you know, he be he would have been uh, just like his son Ryan. But um, <laughs> yeah, look, I understand where he's coming from. It is frustrating. It is frustrating when you have a, a plan mapped out for certain horses. Your owners told this is the plan up until Christmas. We're going to go here. We're going to go there, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's. That's cancelled. You're trying to 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 rejig races, and by one race being cancelled and put back two weeks, as we heard Dennis saying, eight eight days earlier on is a lot a lot in a in a planned calendar for a horse, and it just throws everything really, and you have to try and remap and reroute horses, and then look if you were looking for a horse that really wanted soft ground, now is the time you should be getting it, and if the weather picks up, all of a sudden January the ground could be you know not firm, but it could be good ground if we get a a spell of no rain through 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 December and January, so it's tough. But you just can't play with Mother Nature. Nobody knows it's 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 like playing the Willie Munnins bingo, where the horses are going to go. You can't do anything with the ground, can you? No, you can't. And even the sun. I mean, we talked about this on on Talksport as well. Um, I remember having a very lumpy bet on a horse called Stormes. Shout out to you if you remember Stormes, trained by Martin Pipe back in the day. He was a tiny little thing, and they'd announced that they were going to be dolling off fences. Um, mm-hmm. because of the low sunlight, I ran as fast as my little legs could carry me to the local bookmakers and like emptied the satchel on him because the one thing against him was was jumping. 
because he was so diminutive. The fact that they they were gone. He was an absolute stone cold, solid moral and duly obliged. Um, Lovely. So the reason I mention that is, first of all, after timing. And secondly, it's not like this dolling off offences and hurdles has become a new thing. This has been going on for a very, very long time. Um, and it's it's frustrating and it's annoying. There was a Paul Nichols horse who won the other day on, on TalkSport and literally for the final mile of the race, they had no hurdles to jump. It was crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It's becoming more and more now, nowadays. You used to very rarely see it, but like everything else in this world, safety is just gone. It's gone a bit OTT, isn't it? And yeah. If there's any sort of a sun, will will doll off fences. There was a fence doll. There was a two fence doll off at Cheltenham last week when I was there. It just doesn't look the same. You're turning in. At Cheltenham, and you know the last fence is just no longer. It's just a, you know, when they jump the tour last down at the back of Cheltenham, and then it's a run for home without a fence. It's not the same, you know, don't we? No, it's it's, it's not. not. And, and look, I I think welfare is paramount, and all of that. Insert copy and paste from previous shows and just put it in there. Like obviously, the welfare of horses and jockeys is paramount. When Gary Moore is is talking about this, though, I think it's it's everything combined. It's the fact that. Fences are having to be dulled off because of low sun at multiple race courses across the UK. Um, the race courses that aren't even able to, to host racing, all weather tracks, not being able to live up to their name, literally, uh, and being frozen yeah, that, out or, or rained off. That's that's crazy. Um, you know, and I take you back to Neil Callan's comments about Kempton a couple of months ago. Heavy rain literally ruled out Kempton one day. That surface has got a serious yeah. issue, and they need to have a look a long look at that. But you know, there were. I think when all of this combines, and and the thing that would be the most worrying is the amount of high-class horses in the UK that have just dropped off the radar. Uh, literally, that number has halved since the pandemic. That's crazy. That that's That's a very worrying thing. And when you combine all of these things together, then it just makes the whole outlook of British racing that little bit more unstable. So I, I get why he was so perplexed, and maybe it's just the fact that everything is combining into the one. Um well, he, at least he has the other two. There, the, the long walk, as you mentioned earlier on, is rescheduled for, for Kempton and Boxing Day. So he has Goshen and, and Botox has going for that. So at least that's something. We keep him happy over the Christmas. Yeah. Especially if Goshen manages to go on and bolt up on Boxing Day. He could, he could do. He, he might. Do. I wouldn't rule it out mm. at all. Um, right, this, is your, this is your last show before Christmas. Now, you and I haven't talked about this, but we might be doing a show between now and New Year's Day, but it would be after Christmas. Uh, so it will be during Leopardstown Limerick. We're definitely recording. The question is, is Barry going to be on that show? Stay tuned to find out. Uh, so you and I will talk about that off air. But your best bets for the Christmas racing, we're going to have Paddy Aspel, Mark Milligan, Darren McGraw here over two podcasts on Thursday, previewing the best of the Irish and British racing. So what is Barry Call's picks for the festive period, my man? Okay, I already mentioned long press for the King George. I think that's a bit of a not obvious one, but I think I think um, I think he can go well there. I really do. I'm very impressive with Cheltenham uh, last year. He improved out of all recognition. I don't have the figures in front of me, but I think he, he improved something like forty pounds through last season, and it was a good reappearance um, this year. And I think there could be more to come from him. I really like him in the King George, but one at a bigger price on the twenty seventh at Leopardstown, the Paddy Power Chase. Which I will be there myself. A horse belonging to Henry de Bromhead, currently an eight to one chance called Ain't That a Shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs in the Rob Core colours. And just, I was looking for a winner for our listeners today, and I just found this guy. He's a, he's a decent enough, he's a decent, decent enough page when you look at him. He won a maiden hurdle 
back in February 2021, beating Georgetown Warrior with three less. Won quite well. He three runs then in uh, chases, novice chases that year. He was behind Statler. He was behind second behind Gallup in the Champ at Leperstown uh, last year in the beginner's chase. And then he was only beaten the neck by Champagne Platinum in a three-mile race at, um, I think that was at Navan. So he then went to the Cheltenham Festival, where he wasn't done fancy. He was 6-1, to one, written by Ben Harvey. Must give Ben Harvey a shout-out. He was the one in the video that Davey Russell uh, roared him. Remember that Bellastown? You needn't make yourself a hero now. He says, I'm the senior jockey. Do you remember that video clip? I do remember that. That was <laughs> that was that was iconic, actually. Um, yeah, we so we used to play a clip of that on the show. So he was the one who was getting bollocked. Yes, Ben Harvey. Yes. So we'll, give, we'll give Ben a shout out. And I'm he sure he's delighted that that's all being reminded <laughs> to everybody right now. Shout out to Ben. You're not riding the pint to pint now, Ben Harvey. <laughs> that was the lion. With insert colourful language. Yes, exactly. So anyway, yeah, he ran at Cheltenham in the amateur rider place there last year. It wasn't unfancy. He went off 6-1. to one. It was well beaten, beaten 70, 70 odd lengths. But he had a huge breakdown, 220 day break. And he came back this year and he was second beaten ahead by the big dog in the Munster National at uh, Limerick. I thought that was a big, big run. And they were 11 lengths clear of the tour horse that day, which was a donkey's years back in third place. So I think he's he's an improving sort. He's he's eight-year-old. He's going to be nine. So they want to get a move on. And I think they want to get a, a nice win under his belt. So around about eight to one, ain't that a shame would be my best bet around the Christmas at a decent price. Oh, I'm liking that an awful lot. Um, an awful lot. Um, and on that same day will be the Welsh National. And I That's think, true. Yeah. I think I've got the winner. By the way, the big dog could be lining up there. It looks as yeah, though... Yeah, like the big dog's not a bad horse on his day. No, and they went... Because really we talked about this a few weeks ago after he won the, the Troy Town, just to relate a contingency double if you want to go and, and do that. Because they thought... They basically thought he was going to win the Welsh National last year, and it just didn't happen for him. He drifted mm. a little bit on, on the day, right, and then, yeah. then he pulled up. Well, they're going back. They're headed back there. Um, and he's, he's going to one. He's toward favourite. Yeah, he's been hammered in the betting in the last few days. So maybe if you want to do the related contingency double. Uh, personally, I think Jericho Rock is a solid moral in that. What a way to break your duck over fences. Come out swinging in the Welsh Grand National. Um Tens, is that right with Betdak? Is Jericho Rock tens for the Welsh National? I will tell you now, he is 10 to 1, yeah. That's fair. That's very fair. And that would be the double. I would I would include the Rob Core horse, ain't that a shame, and double him up with Jericho Rock. He's all stamina. He's pretty classy. And Lamilos is being very heavily considered for entry. Um, and if you want to hear more on that, you can listen back to the, the podcast that we did for TalkSport with Dan Skelton, uh, where he speaks about how they are working backwards from Aintree. That was a huge run from Jericho Rock against him, and, and Remastered. They're both very talented horses. Um, so Jericho Rock, it's only a matter of time before he wins a big race, and I think that tends for the Welsh National in a race that should be perfect for him is ideal. So there's a, a sneak, sneak peek for me, but um, the two big plays from Barrier, ain't that a shame, and uh, of course in the King George, Lampresse. And yeah, that's going to be a fascinating one as well. All right, my friend, uh, I've really enjoyed this. As easy as that. Simple. It's a simple game. Don't complicate your mind. Just place your bet with Bet Dak. Kick back in the chair. Yell easy game as they jump each fence. And then when they gallop onto victory, just go, see, it's as simple as that. Just listen to Barry Emmett on the final furlong. All will be well. It's all gravy. Um, 
looking forward to talking to you again very soon on the show, Barry. And um, I hope you're feeling better. You've been battling with the flu. So uh, please, God, you'll be fit and well and, and you won't have friends going, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can come over. Are you still sniffling? I don't know. Don't come into the office. I don't know if it was sick or they just don't like me. I just, I think they don't like me. No comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Emmett. No, I'd, I, I, we were saying this to each other off air. It is a remarkable turnaround how three years ago, if you were saying, oh, I'm a bit sick, I don't know if I'll head out for a few drinks, and I'm not sure if I can come into work, people would just say, oh, man up. Oh, come on. Let the round waiting for you. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, wait, you're sniffling? No, don't don't come out. No, don't come into work. We don't want to see you at all. It's a remarkable turnaround. Um, but hopefully, you're feeling better, and hopefully, there'll be lots more gravy to come on the Final Final Podcast uh, as we head into January and beyond. I thoroughly enjoyed today's show, Barry. Looking forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Emma, thanks a million. Happy Christmas to yourself, and happy Christmas to all the listeners. Well said, and happy Christmas to you too, my friend. Um, we will be talking to you before Christmas Thursday the Irish preview and the full St. Stephen's Day Boxing Day preview on the Final Forum podcast as well including the Welsh Grand National all of the big festive races being previewed Thursday on the show uh, we've got the top team here Paddy Aspel Mark Milligan Darren McGrath over two podcasts and the Christmas quiz will come out around about Christmas Eve Christmas Day as well so hopefully you'll have some fun with that um, from Barry Cole from myself and from Dennis O'Regan we will talk to you again very very soon so I'll hold off on my Christmas wishes till then safety well the final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com new customers only terms and conditions apply and by All About Sunday the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.